You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay, and in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and Clearpay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN GameScoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield. Joining me this week, Sam Claiborne, Brian Altano, Jared Petty. My body is ready. We've got a great show for you this week. We're going to talk about No Man's Sky. We're going to talk about Dragon's Lair. Ooh. But first, yesterday, Sony yeah. held its... Oh, yeah. That's great. <laughs> so happy I'm here. Sony held its first uh, press conference at Sony... Or, sorry, Paris Games Week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian and I were on this post-show yesterday. We yep. covered a lot of the announcements and you... Covered it well on Podcast Beyond this week, yep. I'm sure. But I would love to hear Sam and Jared's takeaways from the... We, uh, we, have, a, we have a monthly press conference mm-hmm. now from Sony, well, it seems like. How do they have so much great stuff? It's, I, I the love show, their press conferences every time. Think, yeah. and I'm just like, what's going on? They just did one at uh, Gamescom. No, right? no Sony, TGS. Sony didn't yeah. yet. So they did a smaller one at TGS. Yeah. TGS. Right. And then, of course, E3. Just, it, they, so frequently. And then they've got Sony another one games. in about a month. PSX. Mm-hmm. Two, two huge takeaways. First, uh, I can now play Tekken with a VR helmet, which is all I've ever wanted in life. Uh, ever since Pokemon. Are you being two, sarcastic? Uh, yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> uh, going, back to, keep going. going back to Bushido Blade, uh, uh, first hey. person fighting games. Yes. Uh, Connect two PlayStations together with a cable and play first-person sword fighting in Bushido Blade. Now, I, I, I don't quite get that one. Maybe it'll be amazing, and I, I, I'm just being short-sighted. But I am really excited about the opportunity to ride a bear around and control animals in a beautiful, beautiful world. I have no idea what wild is, but I do know that if, if you can make a good first impression, they just absolutely nailed it. Like, I was like, 
captivated yeah. by what I saw. Talking mm -hmm. about the game Wild, mm -hmm. yeah, uh, which was reminding some of us of Space Station Silicon Valley. <laughs> mm -hmm. I love that reference. That's so good. <laughs> yeah, that, that makes me happy. In sixty four game, where a little you, bit more polygonal. Yeah. You yeah. you were a micro like a little micro bug, right? Mm -hmm. You just yeah. go into different robotic animals. Yeah, and like like what seemed to be miniature golf course like levels. It mm. wasn't like a giant mm -hmm. open world game or anything. Yeah. Uh, so there are so many dinosaurs too. Oh yeah, lots of dinosaurs. That's the that's new thing. Yeah. There's the Crytek game with dinosaurs in it called uh, uh, Robinson, Robinson mm -hmm. the Journey. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, and then there's the of course robot dinosaurs. Horizon in Horizon. Yeah, yeah. and Horizon and that uh, cavemen are, are the new hotness. And, and wow, uh, yeah. I, Horizon looks lovely. Just just yeah, well, yeah. the it really kind does. of world that can only exist in a video game. You know, that gets you really excited. It's like wow, I can go and hunt big robot dinosaurs and 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 it's kind of a hunter gatherer thing. You know, you're sitting there doing what they did, but you're doing it with like freaking laser beams and saw blades and jetpacks and yeah. whatever else. That and you're, come up you're with. rewarded with resources when you kill them. And yeah. you have there's RPG stuff, so you can level up your weapons and your character. I love all of that whole loop. Of, of gameplay mm, sounds yep. fantastic, and it's yeah. original. It gets us away from from the you know. I, I yes, sequels can be wonderful, and video game sequels can often be better than the predecessors. But man, I'm craving original IPs and seeing a couple of really neat things like that or Wild coming. That that's exciting. Mm. Think how exciting it'll be to find out who made the goddamn robot dinosaurs. Come on, guys. Oh, are they, they going to tell don't us? Don't make robot dinosaurs. Are they going to tell us? Well, yeah, well, that's, I think that's what the whole game is going to be But, about. I mean, humanity is well on its way to making robot dinosaurs. Now, you've seen these killer army robots that are getting made, like robot battle armor. I, I think we're one mad man away from... dark future you're predicting right now, Oh, Jared. yeah, we're done for. I, well, mean, yeah. I, I mean, Skynet made all those, like the, the T-800, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But man didn't make them. Yeah. So maybe maybe some sort of sentient AI made the robot dinosaur. Well, sure. Stephen Hawking's been like like yelling for years. You know, if he could wave his arms, he would. He's trying to warn us that that yeah. like AI is maybe not such a great idea. But nobody's listening because robots are fun. So that T Rex dinosaur in that game screams like Godzilla and has laser beams. Yeah. Uh, which you and I both like. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and then we talked about during that trailer how crazy it is that there isn't a Shadow of the Colossus um, type game where you climb giant bosses and take them yeah. out. And what if it was kaiju? Yes, like you're it. like a you SEAL actually, Team Six. You brought, yeah, you brought up the idea. That you're like you have a squad, like a four yeah. player, like in the new Godzilla movie when they're right. like yeah. diving, diving into the fray. Yeah. But what you're doing is like climbing to the top of like some like rampaging kaiju and taking yeah. it out, trying to find or boring into the middle of it. Yes. Oh, I love that. That sounds great. Wood play. Mm -hmm. So that's my response to the Sony <laughs> that's conference. That's your takeaway from the Sony conference. <laughs> we need to climb dinosaurs and kill them with with, with drill blades. Okay. But that would be breaking the law because that would mean there would be a good Godzilla game, which uh, we haven't had well. in. You what? guys have played some good Godzilla games. We played right? that, the, the Super Nintendo fighting game, which and, is pretty fun. Yeah, right. There was a, a, a but famous pair of NES games, which are like really early examples of uh, turn-based strategy games mm -hmm. for Godzilla. Did you know that? They're like no. those revered early examples. we got to do a most inf influential games list, because those would be on there. Turn-based like, Godzilla? You're yeah, talking about the Godzilla hunt. doesn't wait for people to take a turn. <laughs> well, it's Godzilla. You play the Japanese military, and Godzilla's attacking, and it's sort of like Famicom Wars with Godzilla. Uh, okay. Have you ever played these? Have yeah, yeah, no, yeah, really of course. Well, so. See, I've never played these games. Are you okay. sure, do they come out here in America? No, no, most of them I have Godzilla games, I have them both. You I played know, a side-scrolling, like, brawling... Yeah, that one I don't know. No, no. no you're talking just... about the hexagon-based one? Where yeah, you move yeah. It okay, that's, yeah, and then you zoom in on the, the NES one. Okay, I'm talking about a different uh, early Godzilla game that didn't come here, Sorry. Wow. which was also strategy-based. Who knew there were so many early Godzilla games? Yeah. All right, I'm going to have 20 questions to guess which early Godzilla game you're talking about. Also, that great C64 <laughs> game, Movie Monsters with Godzilla, which is actually a lot of fun. I used to see that in magazines and stuff, but I've never actually played that game. It looked beautiful. It's fun. It's, it's really enjoyable. This is a tangent, but I think there was a Godzilla game that was a launch game for the Dreamcast in Japan. Mm, that didn't come out here. And I remember, so this is like the late 90s, I would go to a coffee shop 
near my house because they had internet mm-hmm. and like, so we didn't have internet at home yet. We didn't have a computer, mm-hmm. and it was like one of those TV based like web TV interfaces. Right. So I would get a coffee and I would log on to this like web TV and go to IGN.com Ooh. and read about this Godzilla game coming to the Katana. Wait, how old? The code name oh, yeah. for the How old are you? It was late '90s, so I was like 18. Okay. Wow. Wow. That's rad. Yeah. That's crazy. I remember going on IGN and looking at giant screenshots of Majora's Mask. I saw that exact article before it came out uh, recently, and the screenshots are this big. I'm holding <laughs> yeah. up my finger, it's about quarter size. <clears throat> yeah, that used to be all we had to decide if a game was good or bad. With resolution, yeah. mm-hmm. it was like huge. You know? And that was pretty much the resolution of the Nintendo 64. Yeah, it's true. Uh, now, what about No Man's Sky? We finally found out the release window is, is June 2016. You know how much I love summer games. I need a big open world game in the summer. Yeah. I'm so happy. I hope it hits that, that target time. June is when E3 happens, though. Mm-hmm. Damn it! Yeah, that, that game is <laughs> yeah, going to yeah. threaten my E3 productivity. I, yeah. I've been waiting for No Man's Sky for a long time. I, I, some people have a problem with the idea that it might be unstructured. That's what appeals to me about it. I yeah. want to go make my own fun in a big open world. I understand and respect the argument that you should have goals, but uh, I also disagree and just want to wander around and do fun things. Uh, and No Man's Sky is the kind of game that I used to dream about when I was a little kid. I'm like, okay, there it is, a galaxy that goes on forever full of things for me to find. Yeah. I, maybe it and will then you got out. that in Spore, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't always work out like we have. Although yeah. you, you know, you could you could make spaceships that look like body parts and stuff like that, but that 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 does not a good game make. Yeah, I agree uh, with everything you just said. I'm yeah. really excited about having, a, hopefully, an open window to play a game like that because if that came out between games like right now, Metal Gear Solid Five and Halo mm-hmm. and The Witcher, like I probably wouldn't give it the time that I want to give it. Mm-hmm. I'm glad it'll be in a nice open window. But we know what else is going to be out in June, so. I like having money. Otherwise, I might quit my job to play No Man's Sky. Like, I, I think I could spend. You have that much faith in it. They keep showing the same thing. Oh, no, I don't, I don't have it. No, no, I want to be clear. I don't have faith in it. I have faith in the dream. I have no idea if the game's going to be good or not. I, I, my, but I, my I, one I concern is that how, how populated are these planets going to be? Is there right. going to be stuff to do? You know, they show you can like you zoom into this planet, you land, and then you get around and walk around, but there's not really anything there. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, like... Well, yeah, I think about an MMO, a good MMO, like uh, something like EVE, where effectively you're wandering from place to place and, you know, grinding in one way or another, or you're interacting with players in one way or another. And this could fundamentally be something along those lines, but a little less tedious, I'm hoping. Um, We'll see. Were you surprised to learn that the game is still eight or nine months away? Not really. Uh, They pushed it back so many times that that this didn't shock me at all, and they didn't want to release in the middle of this mess. Uh, Yeah. I think it's nice to just kind of have an idea of when it's going to be here. Mm. I'll believe it when I'm playing it. Well, we watched that Battlefront trailer. I brought up how much I want like big space battles in Star Wars. I talk about this all the time in Battlefront. And uh, Brian mentioned that there actually are um, uh, in-atmosphere battles mm-hmm. that in we really haven't seen much of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they kind of showed that in that trailer. Which I'm a little worried about because that was my least favorite part of the beta. I love the I- I- idea of yeah. the vehicles, but actually controlling them. the beta. Yeah, well, you had the same issue, right? Oh yeah. Oh no. Ba- well, it feels like you're separated from the battle for some reason. Like you're in like a you're in a limited area, and I don't know. It just yeah, you, it feels like everything's a little bit rubber bandy. Yeah, and, yeah it doesn't the, feel. The ground based right. stuff I was cool with, like the the you know ATST chicken mm-hmm. walkers were walking around oh, perfectly yeah, fine. Are, yeah. But the second like I would get a perk that would pop me into the air, mm-hmm. I would yeah, sort of saying, yeah. yeah, I would I would I would pretty much be like I don't I don't know what to do. And what I ended up doing was what I, I used to do in a. Yeah, what I used to do in, in uh, Rogue, Rogue, Rogue Squadron, which yeah. is basically, I would if I, I figured like I had extra lives, and I would just drive headfirst into the ATA, AT's heads yeah. and explode. And, the, and unfortunately, unless <laughs> they have their damage. shields down, it doesn't do anything. Yeah, it's kind of tragic. So, so if your team doesn't know what they're doing, you're just like kind of flying in this loop. Waiting for them to take down the, uh, yeah. the, yeah, the, 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 the battlefront, shields. The Battlefront beta fighter combat was reprehensible. 
Uh, reprehensible. Yeah, wow. it was awful, uh, especially in light of what Battlefront Two was 2. able 0. to do. Right. Yeah, I, absolutely. I, I, it's the single a, most a war crime. Would you call it a war crime? Uh, I, yeah, <laughs> I think so. I think we should call the Hague. It's a Star yeah. War crime. Yeah, Star War crime. Star Wars. Nice. Uh, that's I, a good series for us to start. Terrible Star Wars yeah. game. Star War crime. I uh, I think that if in the full version there's some sort of tutorial where I can get down with with actually the flight controls a little bit because this was more like I'd be playing for 14 minutes on Hoth and they'd be like you get to fly in a Y wing and I'd pop up in the sky and it gets shot down immediately because I didn't really have time to figure out anything. Mm -hmm. So if I could sort of on my own you know, fly around, do a little free free flying. It doesn't figure help. Things out. I, I, I hopped into a vehicle every chance I got. Really? Just, yeah, it's just terrible. It's just really badly put together. It's not yeah. good. Yeah. Get it together. Yeah, get it together, guys. Get it together. Well, that game is out in less than a month. Please yep. get it together quickly. Uh, all right, that's enough. That's enough Sony stuff. Uh, this week, they announced a Dragon's Lair the movie Kickstarter with Don Bluth, famous director and animator, mm. uh, sort of running the show. A Fievel Goes West. <laughs> yes. American Tale, uh, uh, All, Dogs All Dogs Go to Heaven, heaven. The, Land Before, the Land Before Time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A bunch of knockoffs. That one? was probably the most popular movie he made. Land Before Time? Secret mm -hmm. of Nim, pretty awesome. Yeah, I did Secret of Nim. Uh, but I, I mean, maybe Dragon's Lair might be his most well-known Dragon's Lair with Dirk the Daring. Mm. You walked into any arcade that year, and just that yep. track mode would boom through the room. Dragon's Lair was like 1983, I yeah. want to say. Yeah, 83, 84, right around there. And yeah. so, if you know, if our younger viewers aren't familiar with it, this is a game that was uh, put on laserdisc. Mm -hmm. So uh, they were able to put all this very fancy hand-drawn animation into the game. So it literally looks like a cartoon. Yep. Uh, the controls are very simple. Mm -hmm. You're basically just like pushing in the direction of flashing things. So You're that choosing you a track. On the, the you're essentially CD. controlling yeah. a DVD menu. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're yeah. Kinda, yeah. it's kind of like Simon. You've it, got it, four it, directions and a fire button, and the flash on the screen indicates one of those. But you have to be quick. It's not yeah. that sounds really easy, but it screws with you several several different ways. It can flip the screen sometimes. You don't know where the flash is going to come from. Well, and, you, can, and the best thing about Dragon's Lair is dying. Yeah, every time you die, there's these incredible animations mm, yeah. of you being like fried or like zapped or eaten by some monster that you didn't see. That you finally get to see what the monster looks like when it eats you. I love that about the game. Yeah. And so it was really expensive at the time. It was fifty cents or sometimes a I mean, dollar. That was I think that was yeah. the first arcade game I encountered that was fifty cents. Right. Yeah. Like, Whoa. So and like, also that you really just cents. wanted to watch those things happen. Yeah. Those two quarters vanished. Yeah. Fast. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. The game's hard. Fast. It's really hard. Now I did. I, I remember when I was a kid, I watched a guy play all the way through with somebody who was really, really good, and I was just like. Floored. Yeah. Although it probably you know ruined the game for me because I didn't play it nearly as much after that. Mm -hmm. uh, after after seeing like what went into, but yeah, Sam's right. I think one of the great secrets of Dragon Slayer is it rewarded you for dying. Yeah, it was expensive and those quarters went quick, but it was almost fun to die. Yeah, uh, maybe not in the same place every time, but uh, again, some of the uh, the randomization helped with some of that. Yeah, so. you know, I love that game so much that when it came out on Sega CD, when I was you know thirteen or fourteen, I ha I had to have it, and I totally got it for Sega CD and finally beat Dragon's Slayer that way. And it was like, you know, a terrible low resolution version of it. But I yeah. loved it to death. And like now I know that game. I know every scene in it. And I just like love it. And I'd love to uh, revisit that universe in a, in a short movie. I How long really does cool. it take to finish that game? Uh, I think yeah. it's like maybe half an hour. Is really? I thought it was more like. 
15 minutes. But yeah, yeah. Wow. well, you can watch YouTube videos, but I just died all the time. So right. Yeah, I so can't remember like, a lot. Play, yeah. playthrough of it. Interesting. There's, but, uh, there's hard parts. Even if you know what you're doing, there's definitely really neat hard parts. And, and man, the enemies and the, and the things and the concepts get more and more creative. It's so cool. There's a really neat chess scene. There's like yeah. a knight mm -hmm. that hits the ground with a sword and an electricity yeah. goes around mm -hmm. as a boss fight. There's like a, a scene where it's just balls rolling back and forth. You have to get through it. And in the end, you have a dragon like surrounded by gold and Daphne's in there and you have to like sneak around this dragon just like The Hobbit. I mean, it looks so much mm -hmm. like the, the mm -hmm. Disney Hobbit movie. And uh, oh man, such and a beautiful, fun game. It's got that wonderful quality that Don Blue's Innovation has that has an almost grotesque flavor to it. Everything's kind of a little yeah. elongated yeah. and very fluid. And that's what excites me about seeing this as a movie. I, I just think that, that the art in Dragon Slayer works really well for a motion picture. So like the pitch yeah. is like they're doing like a short like with this well, so budget, right? They're, the ask, they're asking for $550,000, which obviously is not enough money to make a full-length yeah. animated film. Mm -hmm. But that's going to be used to make a teaser that they can pitch to uh, movie studios <laughs> right. for their funding. Oh, that so, makes sense. Yeah. Wow, that's a weird way to start a movie, but yeah. I mean, so I like, guess that's the way you do it. Inside Out, uh, a CGI animated movie this year, cost $175 million to mm -hmm. make. So they need a lot more than half a million dollars. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. You know, Don Bluth worked on a Tapper game. Is that true? I, yeah, on, on iPhone, iPad. It was like a, just a remake of Tapper, but he did all the art. Nice. Did that ever come out? Or? Yeah, it came out. I, I didn't think it looked really that great. I would watch a Tapper movie. Yeah. Tapper movie, yeah. About a disgruntled that's bartender. That's basically what Record Ralph was. Yeah, actually, if you think so, <laughs> they, they put say, that scene in there. I was going to say cocktail with Tom yeah, Cruise. Yeah, 100%. So you guys going to back this? <laughs> What's that? Are you going to back it? Uh, I have not backed it. Okay. Um, I, I want to point out, so, not, so in 24 hours, they did $62,000. Okay. So they didn't exactly, like, smash their goal in, in 24 mm -hmm. hours. So I don't, I don't know... I don't know what that means. Well, I they think, still have whatever, 28 days, 29 days. I think the game is just outside of the window of most modern gamers, or yeah. very much outside of the window of most modern gamers. Oh, yeah. And it's I think like, the idea of, of backing something that's only going to make a trailer that will get pitched to a movie theater is, yeah. or to a movie, not a I mean, movie that, theater. That trailer could be really cool. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe if, like if all we got was like a two-minute trailer for a Dragon's Lair movie, that might satisfy me. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. I don't know, like an hour and a half of Dragon's Lair, of Dirk the Daring, like not talking and... You're not gonna get to see. Him. You're not gonna be able to see him get killed, which is one of the big draws of the game. So it needs, it needs to be a Saturday morning budget. cartoon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or maybe they figure out some plot hook where he can die over and over and over and over again. I mean, maybe that's the gimmick. You just get to watch him die it's, horribly. It's different ways. Dragons there and Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Sort of put there we together. Go. Put together. Yeah. And then, I like that so, a lot. So yeah, I'm backing that. You are backing it. Yeah, I'm going to back that. Okay. Is one of the the rewards of Dragon's Lair lunchbox? Because they made those, and I've always wanted one. One of the there were like lapel pins and like <laughs> you can yeah. actually actually I think one of the rewards if you donate several hundred dollars is an animation lesson with Don Bluth. Oh wow! Wow! Yeah, oh, so that's pretty. Cool. I wish I had several hundred dollars. Yeah. Very cool. Anyway, I'll keep an eye on the Dragon's Lair Kickstarter. I don't know if that's going to be able to reach its goal or not. We'll see. Let's check in with listeners. Hey, listeners. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> remember, you can always reach us at the email address, gamescoop at IGN.com, just like the Lord of Pigeons did. And he says... It's a good job. <laughs> Jared, have that, you been dethroned? This, it's kind of like being a rat king. Does he run that, that pigeon high school from, that, the, from How to Fool Boyfriend? I don't know. Okay. He says, hello, I'm a big fan of the show. Thank you for answering my question. Launch titles aren't always the best, and with the NX coming next year, I'm very interested in what the big N are going to do with this new hardware. What do you hope the launch titles will be, and do you think we'll see any pack-in titles, such as Nintendo Land or Wii Sports? What do I hope for the console success, or just what do I greedily want for myself? Because if it's the latter, then just give me my 2D Metroid game. Give it to me. What give it to me! me. <laughs> um, wow. Or pack-in Zelda. Yeah. <laughs> what do you hope the launch titles will be? 
Okay. Let's uh, answer that question. Uh, give me my t- give me my two D Metroid game. Um, yeah, obviously. You I want, want that to be a launch title? Absolutely. Wait, sorry, sorry. Pack-in title. We, we're He's asking. Pack-ins. What do you hope the launch titles will be, and do you think there'll be a pack-in title? Right. Okay. So oh, okay. t- two answers. First, uh, there darn well better be a pack-in title, and it really ought to darn be darn well. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, or what? <laughs> uh, well, I, I think, or otherwise, they they the king it, of pigeons <laughs> declares <laughs> there ought to be one. Yeah. No, I think about Wii Sports and its success, and and Super Mario Brothers. Uh, in both cases, those launch titles as pack-ins. And Super Mario. Did the Wii World. originally launch with Nintendo Land? I don't even remember. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, I bought Wii, the Wind Waker bundles. No, no it, it launched, launched with with bundle. Nintendo Land bundled in. Yeah, which yeah. I do not like at all. Yeah. That, it's that, got that some good a, stuff in there. There's I, some fun. You played. Uh, yeah, you I mean, I like the Donkey Kong game. I played that game at re- preview events a lot more than I ever played it at my house. <laughs> right. I tried really I hard to like that game, it. but I, I, I didn't like most of it. There are neat things in there, I agree. Yeah. But, I, but there could have been, but a nice pack-in launch title has generally speaking been good for Nintendo. Um, so I understand they want to make more money and have a one-for-one. They want to do the Super Mario 64 thing maybe where they sell the game alongside the console and mm-hmm. it does bet more money for them. But yeah, a great pack-in title. I mean, throw Zelda in the box, good lord, how many oh, do yeah. sell? Oh yeah, that'd know? be huge. I, but they always aim for a wider audience in their pack-in title, mm-hmm. but like, that used to not matter as much with Super Mario World and, and Super Mario Brothers. I would love to see just a mainline Mario game just packed in with a Nintendo system. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like you get it, and what you get with it is this cutting-edge, graphically in- intense Mario Galaxy-level surprise Mario game. Yeah, like, like Mario just, Galaxy 3? I mean, yeah, is that what you put in there? Or? I don't want to play any more Mario Galaxy. I want okay. something, yeah, what, so what, something bigger When you say mainline Mario, what do you want that next one to be? What I would love they, it to be like a Mario 64-type game where you're exploring... Uh, a large mystery area full of secrets, but mm-hmm. then also those lead to levels. That's like my favorite mix of Mario. Yeah, yeah. me too. Me Even too. In Although I love 3D World and I love the Galaxy games. Uh, if we were to get another sequel to those, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be upset about it. I wouldn't be as excited if, our, if, if we had gotten or were to get what Sam's pitching. Because I think that that is my favorite. That was one of the, like, the first real open world games I ever played was Mario, Mario 64. 64 yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, wow, yeah. A lot of people don't really consider it that, but well, it you, totally you, is. You, you often point out that Legend of Zelda. Yeah. It's yeah. an open world game. It totally is, yeah, for for the Nintendo Entertainment System. So yeah, Exploratory 3D yeah, platform. Your parents Mario have to be good. <laughs> um, my 2D Metroid, uh, a Zelda. Um, I, I uh, another one. Um, I would love to see a. I would love to see a sequel to Super Mario Brothers 2. Desperately. This Super Mario Brothers 2. 2. Yeah, yeah. I, I, the Clono is probably the closest anybody ever got to doing that. Uh, work, working with those kind of jumping on top of things mechanics. That's not been explored much afterward. You can jump on top of almost anything in Mario. So, so, so wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Do that every game. There's, huh? there's, there's, a, there's a very big difference between like the absolute games that I would want to see and one of them would be a sequel to the quirky platforming game where you throw vegetables at ninjas. There were so many Or a 2D Metroid. But like Nintendo needs some some stuff that'll move units. No, I'm talking about I want. <laughs> they didn't yes, sell I want. consoles at I the gate. Ta- no, this is not my business strategy for Nintendo. This is what I want. Uh, I want a Nintendo that's around for a long time. Yeah, okay, well, if we want a Nintendo that's around for a long time, throw Zelda in the box and give me, a, like, seven new Mario games. I mean, that, that's okay. probably what you have to do. But, uh, no, I'd like to see him go back and, and revisit. I'd like to see, uh, um, again, this this isn't going to sell units, but I want to see another Pushmo. Uh, I, I love Pushmo. Uh, what about Crashmo and all the um, other Mo's? Million <laughs> seller Pushmo. I want I want a Joy I want Joy Mecha fight to come back. Uh, and Joy Mecha. You're gonna yeah. you're the Homer Simpson car. You're gonna tank their company. <laughs> <laughs> I, these are the these are some of the things they do so much well. Uh-huh. And of course, I mean, yeah, we can sit here. Sam's absolutely right. Mario sixty four style game would be extraordinary. I mean, just extraordinary. That needs to happen. Uh, I just don't want to see them completely lose touch with that uh, that funny little R and D one quirky side they have. I agree. I totally agree. I got one for you. 
launch title since we think it's going to be some kind of a digital device that you can carry with you and play on the go, mm -hmm. or you can play on your TV. There's going to be things like the Wii U gamepad has, but everybody's probably going to have one. Uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe you, you want to bring those over and share them more, maybe four players will have them. Anyway, my point is, I want to play a WarioWare game where everybody has weird controls and can do stuff like in four-player again. Yeah. I, oh, I really, fine. really miss that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so it, this is a tough situation, right? Because like we, we want them to launch a system that's comparable to current gen, or at least well, uh, beyond that. They have, it has industry-leading chips. Industry-leading <laughs> chips, yeah. But, I mean, to Nintendo, that's sort of cool just... Cool Ranch. You know, who knows about <laughs> Yeah, Cool Ranch Doritos. Uh, so I, I want to see something that's, that, that basically they can put out that can say, this is why you need to buy this system. Um, and I don't know if that's going to be them sort of like, you know, wedging themselves into a gimmick of some sort. Like, the gamepad was a gamble that I don't think truly paid off, and if only because they didn't really ever do a lot of stuff with it that said, this is why you need it. The, the Wii remotes, on the other hand, you know, right off the, at, at the gate with Wii Sports were something that people really understood. But if they go, here's a really good-looking game, mm -hmm. we have those. Mm -hmm. You know, if, here's a good-looking Nintendo game, we have those. Like, Mario Kart uh, 8, eight, eight looks, is gorgeous. Yeah, it's an absolutely game. gorgeous game. Like, Pikmin 3, gorgeous game. You know, I don't think anybody looked at those games and said, I wish these looked <laughs> way prettier. <laughs> yeah, you know, with a quarter of the RAM Mario Kart, uh, of, of competing consoles, Mario Kart 8 arguably might still be the best-looking uh, game. I think so. I mean, it's, there's, it's very it's beautiful for a number of reasons. Uh, but I think that they really need something that, A, looks, looks great, that can get the, you know, all the, the fanboys of, of really good graphics and mm -hmm. people like us on board, but also something that will bring people together and let them know that this is not just another PS4 or an Xbox One. I want my Pokemon MMO. Again, while we've got the handheld. See, like and, that, and the something ability, like that yeah. would be huge. And the ability, if we are going to be able to carry the NXS controller with us, so we got our Pokemon MMO with online components, but the same game has a thing where I can carry my controller around with me and I run into my buddies. And Street Pass I can stuff. Street yeah. Pass or even battle right there. There you go. And then it reflects in the MMO, and there's things I can only unlock by playing with my friends, yep. but there's things I can only unlock by playing online. I, I, see, that's the businessman coming out. Okay, that's what yeah, I want to see. Yeah, there we go. You're so, trying to tank I them know earlier. microtransactions. Pushmo. <laughs> Pushmo. Joy I want the best-looking Pushmo game ever made. Joy Mecha Fight, man. It's tragedy that wasn't on our top mm -hmm. 120. We get it. I, and I feel the same way about Clue Clue Land. Yeah, <laughs> Clue Clue Land. Keep a straight face. Yep. Urban Champion? Urban, Cha Urban, Urban, Urban Champion, Champion okay. HD. Is, uh, that's going to move units. Urban, <laughs> Urban Champion and Clue Clue Land are bad games. Joy Mecha Fight is actually a really good game. Mm -hmm. Do you know a River City I game? I don't agree with that. Just you came don't out agree? on PS4. What? It's like River City Sports a oh, River City this? Ransom yeah. sequel? No, it's just like a River City sports game set in River City Ransom universe. It just oh, came wow. to PS4 this week. Well, so they really cleaned up the city. Yeah. You know, in Japan, that's not weird, though, because they they'd had a lot of sports games. Like, Ganbare Dunk Heroes was a yeah. four-player River City Ransom game on the Famicom. It's great, by the way, but it's a basketball game. Yeah. Uh, really good. Well, Tecmo, oh, that, that made all the... Is it a Tecmo that What's made that? Uh, uh, they made those? Yeah, Tecmo. So they made uh, Super Dodgeball and uh, yeah. Super Spike V-Ball, which were like... So the same looking characters, those kind of chibi tough guys. Right. Can those? Yeah, yeah. Can those? Wait, did I say? Did I say techno, I think it's Technos, wasn't it? Was it Technos, not Techmo? Technos. Technos. Yeah. yeah. I just want those teenagers to put down Tecmo. the sporting equipment Tecmo. and go back outside and pick up the chains and start beating the hell out of each other. Yeah. I just yeah. want an actual. I want. I want a new, for real. River City Ransom game, and not one where they're playing basketball. To launch the Nintendo NX. The no, NX. Yeah. That's the <laughs> Warriors PS2 Scott, game, remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Scott cool. Pilgrim game is, is almost that. Oh, I really, yeah, really like that. that. Was, I yeah. really like that game. Yeah, that was really good. Uh -huh. All right, our next question comes from Charlie Savage, which is a really good name. Yeah. Wow, it Sounds is. like a character in a Tarantino film. I think you should go yeah. by Chuck Savage. Chuck Savage. <laughs> Chuck Sav. 
Uh, he says, my friends and I are starting a retro video games podcast Ooh. in November called the Flashback Arcade Podcast for our website, middleofnowheregaming.com. Free plug for you. However, we've been debating about what constitutes a game to be retro. We've had arguments from the Super Nintendo Genesis era up to PS2, Xbox, GameCube generation. What do you guys think makes a game retro, and how much time has to pass for one to be considered retro? I like the ten-year threshold because that's that's about a it's about a generation of gamers. There, uh, you know, you get two two to three console cycles overlapping in that period of time, depending on which part of video game history you're talking about. I think if you're talking ten years, so that ago, would, you're talking about yeah, that would include PS2, Xbox. GameCube. Absolutely, because I think that somebody who's 20 years old is Xbox tremendously different than somebody who's 10 years PS3. old uh, experiencing these games, and, and that's... I think you mean two console generations. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah I meant two. Yeah, yeah, right. Ten's not going to work. Yeah, ten. But I like ten back. So 20 like, years and, and two, two console generations. I, I'd say anything 2006 or before, or five or before right now roughly would be retro. I, I yeah, I really think PS1, Nintendo 64 is the cutoff at this point. At this yeah. point? Yeah. I, guess I, I don't know. Music. I don't think yeah, Xbox so like, like, PS2 would count. Let's perform an experiment. Does Knights of the Old Republic feel like a retro game to you? It does to me. Yeah. Absolutely. There's so here's, just... here's the thing you have to consider with starting a new podcast, though, is that we are old people. Yeah. And you want to uh, appeal to an audience, uh, the same audience we want to appeal to, by talking about uh, retro games maybe that are more relevant to them, the games they played up, uh, grew up playing. Uh, and those would include, I would say for sure, PS2 era games. I would think Grand Theft Auto 3, fair game. I'd go for that. I've heard, I've heard people in interviews here at IGN be like, I, you know, I love the new games, but I also love the old, the old school games, like God of War 2. Yeah. No, like, but what? It's, it's a long time. Like, think but it's a long time, yeah. We're also totally see. accepting of that. We love celebrating those retro games because for us, those were you know, maybe at the beginning of our careers, but they're still a long time ago. Yeah, and right. you also do want to you do want to hire people that uh, have younger sensibilities sometimes and us old farts who are just like, oh, let's make another clue clue. If <laughs> you were nine years old when Wii Sports came out, you're 18 now. You're yeah. old enough to be nostalgic about it. I mean, that's... That's, that's true. That's so half your in, life in ago. producing content, <laughs> I think definitely we, we, you would want to make a retro show that maybe incorporates more than uh, what the oldest games are. That, and you have a big audience. Yeah. yeah. But do dip back into Pro that tip. deep past as well so that you can talk contextualize. I mean, that's where that's where the old video game history that's is what's really powerful. It provides context. If you're uh, talking about GTA 3, go back and talk about the earliest open world games. Yep. Talk about yeah. the roots of GTA and violence in games and stuff like that. That's, what's, that's what makes those topics interesting. In a retro gaming discussion, you can't just talk about how great it was at the time. You have to contextualize it so, with the history of games. And I think that's what makes things really interesting. So what do we land on? 15 years? It's, yeah, it's a good. little gray. A, yeah. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you this. Why do we call older games retro games, but older movies classic movies? They're not like retro movies. I love classic games. I think that's a good term. But. Hmm. You know, well, I we also called, we called older bad movies older movies. I think like things... Old, it's like bad, okay, like point. Suburban Commando yeah. with starring Hulk Hogan. That's it's a, a terrible film. <laughs> we, but no we, one's ever been like, what a classic. <laughs> so the concept of retro is a little bit tied to the same kind of idea where it's a couple decades past. So for us, retro... Like, if you say, like, retro style, it's going to be 90s, 80s, and not really 70s anymore. But if you said retro in the 90s, it's probably going to be 70s, late 60s. Right. I think that's what retro is always kind of tied to uh, older clothing and older styles. And for games, like, they kind of started in an era where people started saying the word retro. Yeah, and I don't think Retronauts hurt either. I mean, the fact is that was that was a really popular uh, show for a few. It still is mm. popular, uh, but when it first launched, uh, it had a pretty large viewer, uh, viewership and listenership at one up, and... I think that probably helped propagate the term in the gaming subculture. Mm -hmm. 
who's the guy that did the song in the 90s where Eddie Vedder sang and the chorus was, the kids of today should defend themselves against the 70s. <laughs> was it Temple of the Dog? No. Do you guys not remember that song? I do remember that song. Was I remember who sang it. It was like, Eddie Vedder was doing guest vocals on that song. Mm. Right. I have And the no chorus idea. just repeated that over and over again. Yeah. Sounds like a lonely island. I'm not going to look it up. I want one of the viewers or listeners to let me know. I'm going to wait for you. Counting on you guys. Uh, our 20 questions suggestion this week comes from Joshua. Everyone knows how this works. You have 20 yes or no questions have you to oh, guess. Oh, yeah. I'm terrible at this. this right. That's why they keep game. me back. Oh, Justin's <laughs> gone, too. Oh, man. You may begin. All right. Well, he folded his paper up like one-fourth of the way, so we know it's a really long title. Okay. All right. So, cool. Uh, was that? this game made before the year 2000? Yes. All right. There we go. Uh, was this game on a Nintendo platform? Yes. Ah, excellent. Uh, was this game originally released in cartridge format? Yes. All right. Although, oh. you may have just burned a question, because was there a Nintendo uh, disk-based system question. before well, the no, year 2000? Well, no, it could have been an arcade game, but I pretty much just wasted a question. Yeah, you narrowed it down it's to maybe not game. being one of the 764 <laughs> Was it released before 1990? <laughs> yes. Before, what do you say? I was it's before 1990, so okay. it's an NES game. Sorry, dude. Or a Game Boy game. All right. Was, so it, a, was it a handheld game? Or Yes. Was it a handheld game? No. Okay. So uh, it, was it... Just ask if it's on the NES. Was it on the NES? Yes. Yes. Was it a first party game? Yes. Okay. Did it... <laughs> was, was it a sports game? No. And we said NES, so we know it's there's a lot of Yeah, there's a lot okay. of those. All right. Uh, was it part of the original Black Box series of games? Yes. Oh, oh, that okay. Well, and not a sports game. So okay. is, is, is racing a sport? Well, he would so, count. He's pretty good yeah. with that. Yeah, he it's not Tony Hawk bike, sport, It's not Shalom. So. It's not okay. So Tony Hawk himself is a sport. All right. Yeah. So the Black Box series was uh, volleyball, volleyball, Donkey Kong, Land, Donkey Land, yeah, Urban Champion, uh, Urban Champion was one tennis. of them. Tennis, let's see, Slalom, Slalom, Slalom. Super Mario Super Brothers. Brothers. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. Let's see. What it, Urban Champion? Uh, was it a platforming game? Uh. Kind of. Falling in a manhole doesn't fight. count as a platform. Balloon fight. It could be balloon fight. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, but once we guess the game, we're screwed, so we have to narrow it down. You could ask <laughs> you if there's uh, balloons Does this game it? strongly resemble Joust? No. Okay, there we go. It's not balloon fight. It's 11. Um, let's see, so it's not balloon fight. Do you play as a human in it? Yes. Well, uh, now, hold, so hold, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. The main character of the game is a human. But I don't think you, the player, are supposed to be human. Okay. Gyromite. Oh, Gyromite. Yeah, that would make sense. Or Stack Up. Yeah. Is it a game that involves the ROB? Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right, so is it a Gyromite or Stack Up? It's not stack are up. you stacking things up in this game? No. All right. Well, then, well, now, just make sure. Are you Gyromite? Is it Gyromite? Yes, it's yeah. Gyromite. Wow, awesome. 15 right. questions. That was yeah. really So I didn't want to mislead you with the Black Box series. I don't know if that was ever available standalone. It was. It I have an instruction manual yeah. for it. Yeah, yeah. it's a rare one. But. Okay. You can yeah. buy it separately. You can even cool. buy the RB separately. That was, That's a, that yeah, was a really good one. That was Gyromite's like that. launch title for the NES, 1985. Puzzle platformer, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, like you controlled it with Rob, so I, I think you're supposed yeah, to be Yeah, what are you? See, if you narrow... Yeah. If you're you Rob narrow, picking up these spinning I discs. Yeah. I think you're actually you're the assistant dude. to the scientist. You're a little scientist running around. No, no he yeah. moves independently. He moves on his own. You just move the, the pillars. It's kind of a first auto. Like Lemmings. It's like Lemmings. Yeah, yeah. If you can narrow down the NES games to uh, first party or black box or not black box, it's pretty, it's pretty easy from there. Yeah. Because Nintendo had a certain chunk of first party games on the NES that were not black box games. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. the rest of them yeah. were. 
Yeah, the sports question was that was really good because yep. that, that cuts about half of those. So right many now. of those black box baseball, teams tennis. Well, it makes sense. I mean, sports games, you know, the rules are Golf. already defined, so you just and, you don't have to design the game. You just have to. They made it, Mike you know, Tyson's punch out kind of look like a black box game. Yeah, yeah. right, oh, man. But it wasn't. I love that game. I love punch out so much. Mm-hmm. It's a good one. Thanks for the suggestion, Joshua. We have a few minutes yeah, left today. Great. What uh, what have we been playing recently? We're still oh, obviously yeah. playing Metal Gear Solid Five. Uh, oh, by too. the way, uh, everyone at my uh, at Mother Base is sick, and my the levels in my groups keep going down. Do I have to do something? Will yes. that solve mm-hmm. it? Yes, what you do. do. Jared, Jared, uh, let me know ahead of time. Uh, there is something in common with all those people that they keep hinting at. Should we? I mean, I, I guess it's a spoiler, but like it's. I a, couldn't it's tell a, if they, I'm the, just gonna give you a hint. Okay, it's a language. Yeah. So, I need, so you have, have to, learn to be able to look. No, you have to be able to look at. You have to press a button to look at their other stats yeah. and see what language it is. All the people that are sick have in common. Yep. Okay. And then yeah. you have. A and then you quarantine yeah, them all. Quarantine it takes platform. like a half an hour. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Or wow. Okay. The other and if you, uh, the, and then it'll tell you you did. It's like looks like you solved it. Stop doing side ops. Stop doing things oh, yeah. between missions. Yeah. And Go. barrel to mission twenty nine. Just okay. run sprint to I'm mission like 29. I'm like mission 25. Right yeah, now, sprint so. to mission 29. Don't yeah, if you dawdle else. while your people are sick, it gets worse and worse. Yeah. That okay. sounds way better than spending a half an hour corralling everybody. Well, to, a, for maximum efficiency, zone. you do both. Yeah, uh, I did both and I lost like two people. Right. But you're if, kind of past that, so maybe race towards it. I don't yeah, know. I, I thought have, it was fun time to figure out the mystery. I just couldn't tell if it was going to resolve itself on its own when I hit a certain story mission. or I and it was, uh, You mm-hmm. will hit it. Yeah, but, but the longer you wait to get to the end of that story mission, the more people will die. Okay. Yeah, it's irritating. I'm trying to do S ranks right now. Yeah. And, yeah, and some of them the are really hard. A one, well, yeah, no, I haven't okay. because I haven't decided whether I want to make this big decision at the end of the game. That's right. the secret of it I yeah. want to talk about. Um, also, but, just go ahead and check the guide for Mission 29 because screw that mission. I'm also okay. playing Zelda. Uh, yeah, Triforce, Triforce Heroes. Heroes by myself, which is really sad and difficult, and <laughs> I, don't, I don't like it, but I'm still playing it. I don't think it's that sad and difficult. I think it's it's <laughs> either really fun and thrilling or incredibly frustrating. It's so and it's, frustrating. It's, it's, it's always one or the other, moment to moment. Wow. Uh, but with other people, it's a blast. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, awesome. it's really fun with other players. Uh, I'm yeah. not wild about the, the way they set this game up that you can't just play, like, Two players local with one computer-controlled character, or like one oh, yeah. you know, totem or dummy-controlled character. But in single player, you are a living link with these two dead weight, uh, basically driftwood links <laughs> that you can you have to keep carrying from place to place and throwing on objects and stacking up. Which and you can't call okay. them to you. Yeah, you have to go run back and pick them both up and then carry them all the time. Very it's odd like a design. constant escort mission. So yeah. which is worse, the two deadweight links or the AI and your squad members in Halo 5? No, th- those are very similar. Yeah. Uh, I beat Halo 5 also. That was another game I played recently. Yeah. You know, just to finish up with Triforce Heroes, I dressed like a princess yeah. in it for mm-hmm. a long time because it's mm-hmm. very helpful. You, can you get a lot of hearts. hearts. Yeah. And then I dressed like an Eskimo just now in nice levels. Oh, really mm-hmm. Nice. Excellent. You, you build costumes out of, in it out of crafting materials. So yeah. All these yeah. But, but you don't get to play as Zelda. You just look exactly like Zelda once you put on Zelda's outfit. Yep. Right. But you're still Link. They oh, yeah. confirmed that. Yeah. yeah. No. There's no way you could put girls in the game. Of course not. <laughs> uh, is that what you're playing? Yeah, pretty much that. Uh, some random stuff here and there, but... Uh, Halo 5. Uh, working we on, found all the skulls. Uh, found, yeah, we found all the skulls. Uh, thanks to Miranda, who just did incredible work on that. Um, but yeah, we've been working on the Halo 5 guide and playing Halo 5, and honestly not liking Halo 5 all that much, mm-hmm. uh, The skulls were really well hidden, yeah. and uh, it was a community effort, but our way, he definitely had all the skulls first, and I was yeah. really proud of that yeah. this time. Skulls and intel. A bunch uh, of people submitted them to us, and we found them. They were so hard to find. Yeah. There's this one... 
you have to play on legendary, which is a stupid caveat because you have to shoot down a ship. In yeah, it. not for every skull, but for this skull. Yeah, for this one, you have to play on legendary. And when you play in legendary, it makes a ship weaker so you can shoot it down and it's way in the distance and you have to like shoot it's, it down while it strafes by and then the skull appears in one of three places. Like, how what? in the world? Yeah, and, and it's weird. It's not just like a spaceship that's like flying over or shooting at you. It's just one of those background events yeah, that looks like background. you can't even interact with it. And, and they, you, they, it took yeah. a long time to shoot it down. Yeah, oh, it's because not Because we hit. were playing on normal and then we realized, oh, we, you have to do it on legendary and then all of a sudden it yeah. just blows up right away. But yeah, it's a, so that single player campaign, not other good. Now the multiplayer is really, really neat. Especially, I, I really like Warzone, um, and I've heard a lot so of good things keeps from saying. people who are playing. Um, people are playing SWAT, uh, which hasn't grabbed me the same way, but a lot of people are enjoying. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's been Halo Five. What about are you? you what are you playing, playing David? Well, Metal Gear Solid Five, but I also put it a few hours into Divinity Original Sin oh. Enhanced Edition, and I like it a lot. That is like a really cool, deep, uh, classic RPG with like I just love the the options. That you have, and mm -hmm. uh, you can approach you know situ situations any number of ways. That'd be cool on 3DS. Yeah, yeah that would be would. a good game actually for 3DS. Uh, but I can tell that the game is going to be a really deep rabbit hole, so I think I'm actually going to wait until I'm done with Metal Gear, uh -huh. so mm -hmm. I can actually. That means you're never going to go back to. It. I mean, <laughs> that's true because we have that's Tomb tough. Raider and Fallout 4 coming up. But I think Divinity, Divinity Original Sin is a really man. Really we got to cool get done game. with Metal Gear before Fallout. That's that's yeah. a big problem. So Are we going to play now. Tomb Raider before Fallout? I think That's so, just because it's going to be such a shorter. Somebody's yeah, got to experience. <laughs> Somebody's got to. I don't know. I think Tomb Raider might be pretty big too. I mean, it looks like those. There's those no way it's going to be as big as Fallout, though. I hope the sneaking's kind of interesting and good. And I like how they're showing like you up in trees and shooting down from the. The trap setting stuff is really cool. What do you think of the goofy After stuff Metal Gear, that they're adding, like the exploding so, chickens? It's not for me. Yeah. Like, and I love slapstick, stupid stuff in video games, but uh, it's yeah. it's. It's weird in Tomb Raider. I actually really like the serious tone of the first one. Yeah. Like, just that constant struggle of, like, everything's out to kill you and terrible. Like, that was really cool. I like goofy stuff like that when it's optional, where you can stumble onto it, or if I mean, it's it part of the game. It's, it's like, like a yeah. pre-order bonus. So. Yeah, and again, in Halo, there's, like, these vending machines you can find. If you press the right button on them, like, a saw falls out, like, a, a huge gun, and children go, like, yay! You know, so that's cute. Mm -hmm. But it's in a corner, you know? It's not the... Yeah, it's weird to have an exploding chicken gun in, in Tomb Raider. <laughs> but, I mean, video games, are, that's... It's, where, it's yeah. what we do. It's where we are. are. Yeah. Inherently pretty dumb. Mm -hmm. uh, all right. I think that's all the scoops we have for you this week. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Brian. Thank, Thank you, Jared. Thank you. Remember, you can always reach us at the email address, gamescoop at IGN.com. My name is Damon. This is IGN Gamescoop. We're out.
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.